0: Welcome to The Link. We'll go behind the scenes with local businesses and community leaders, learning their mindset and motivations that make them successful. We'll link you with those making an impact in central Minnesota. Welcome to The Link, I'm Brandon
1: Johnson with Voight Johnson Real Estate, and tonight I'm joined by Ted Manerfeld of Deuces Wild the entertaining extraordinaire. Ted, thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, We, kind of a late night, put the kids to bed, come on in. (laughs) Um, How old old are your kids, or how many kids do you have?
0: I have two girls, they're ages six and nine. They'll be seven and 10 next month. Gotcha, I have nine and 12, so I kind of. You're like exactly
1: three years ahead of me. Yeah, the uh, bedtimes get incrementally later and later and especially with summer, and yeah. I don't know how
0: hard you are. You guys stay in routines, but routines go out the window the older <sighs> they get. You try. You know what? They went out. They went out. The uh, routines went out the window with, with distance learning. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. How um, did distance? I mean, did you participate in any of that? I'm just curious, or how that went for you, or full on ready to graduate
0: in a week afterwards. Or? I went from comedian to professor real quick. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know about professor, more uh, <laughs> average te- you know, below average teacher. Yeah. Mhm. Um, and that's,
1: I mean, for the younger kids too. I, I was on, or my youngest is third grader, and to see some of her calls and these teachers did a lot to get ready to put some of these curriculums together. Um, but it's hard to have twenty
0: nine year olds on a Google call at once and keep any semblance yes. of the structure well and my yeah, my brother and my brother's a fifth grade teacher out in california and yeah. just the challenges yeah. they face with having to get everybody on the same page and keep them motivated it's it's next to impossible yeah. so i mean hats off you know yeah major kudos to especially especially here my kids go to school in sartell and uh, they did a great job of yeah. keeping them motivated for as long as they did even yeah. though you know it's like it's like a senior slide for every grade from the from 12th down to kindergarten pretty much yeah
1: the biggest thing that i think i was talking a little bit is just to have the kids adapt and shift to something so suddenly to learn how to you know nobody's world's been changed upside down like this for everybody but to go through that as kids i think you know is a good learning not to get status quo complacent to be able to Adapt, I think, is kind of a cool thing at a young age. Adaptable
0: is good. I just think, you know, I mean, the best part of school is being there and yeah. kind of, you know, suffering through it with all your friends, <laughs> right? Even though my my kids love school, but yeah. but when you take away the social aspect of it and you really get to the nuts and bolts of just learning facts and figures, it's like, ooh, yep. you yep. know, that could be that could be a challenge. Yep. So, are you
1: from St. Cloud originally? I am.
0: I am. Yep. I grew up saying, Right here, St. Well. Lived the first six years of my life in St. Joe, but gotcha. yeah. and then we and then we moved to St. St. Cloud when I was in first grade and yep. have, grew up here. Go to Apollo then, or nope, I graduated from Cathedral. Okay. In '98, that ages me. Yeah. I well, know.
1: I got you by a f- few years, so don't feel too bad. That's right. Are <laughs> you from here? I am not. I'm
0: from Southern Minnesota. Ootana. I know it well. Yeah. Oh yeah. We travel down there too. Where do you play it down there? Uh, we have done the hospital fundraiser down there at, okay. the, at the golf course. Uh, we play in Faribault yep. at the Paradise Center for the Arts. We travel a lot. Sure. So I've gotten to see every little corner of yep. Minnesota. Not too far away, two hours. Uh-huh. Um, so what did you
1: like to do? What were your hobbies, interests growing up? Were you always music, sports,
0: outdoors, all of the above? What kind of did you do outside of school? More of the first two. So I, I didn't grow up in a, I didn't really grow up in a, like a hunting and fishing family. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'd fish off the dock at my grandparents' lake cabin down in Dassel, but mostly it was sports and, sports and then music came kind of around the same time, kind of around fifth grade. Yeah. Um, really got interested in, but I was a, you know, I played three sports in middle school, grade school, middle school, high yep. school. Played two years of college football. Oh, really? I did. Um, but music was always the passion. Yeah. So
1: instruments all kinds of instruments singing everything
0: i started well funny enough like in 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 grade school i was always afraid to sing because that was not cool yeah so i went to catholic school as a kid so you'd have to go to church every week and you know you don't want to be caught sure being the boy in third grade (laughs) actually singing so you're very timid which looking back i wish i had sang more because i'd probably be a better singer yeah (laughs) but uh i started off really on piano okay
1: Now, was that something that you gravitated to? Parents kind of said, hey, we're signing up for piano lessons, or...
0: You know, the way that I remember it, and I have a terrible... My my family can attest to the fact that I have a terrible childhood memory, but (laughs) um, I don't know if it's all because I have to block it out or what, but I started off in fifth grade taking piano lessons to my mom. My mom started taking lessons from the lady up the street, um, just six houses away, and then I just... I I don't I I had kind of an interest in wanting to learn how to play. Sure. And so we started at the same time, and then I took four years of lessons. You just loved it right off the get go. No, I didn't. No, (laughs) actually, I like I loved music. I loved music, but I hated practicing. I don't want to sit and play scales and learn the basics. I want, you know, I want to be able to play what I want to play. Yep. So I don't want to play. uh, I don't want to sit and run you know arpeggios all day i want to yeah. sit down and play home sweet home by motley crew yeah because that's that's fun <laughs> and the first time that connects is like oh that's yeah that happens so
1: as you're getting older did you kind of branch out other instruments other i mean did it kind of snowball just the music
0: interest or was it always just kind of piano sports well, it's a bunch of stuff all at once. So it's, um, you know, the piano lessons were, were happening. Yeah. But then by the time seventh grade rolled around, I got into middle school band, and I became a percussionist. Okay. So, you know, because I didn't want to play saxophone or flute or, you know, clarinet or trombone yeah. or anything. I was like, well, I want to rock. Yeah, I wanna, yeah. Which they don't tell you, you don't really get to rock right out of the <laughs> gate. And if you're the only kid that knows how to read music when you're in seventh grade... You're not playing snare drum and bass drum. <laughs> yeah. You're playing xylophone and you know marimba and the sure. chimes because you can actually read the notes. Yep. So I would always get stuck with the bell parts <laughs> when you, when you want to be rump <laughs> da 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 but da, it's da,
1: da, da, da,
0: you know. Yeah. So so did you do marching
1: band and all of that
0: too? No. No, I didn't do that. So I was in I was in pretty much every the good part about going to a place like cathedral was that I could be in a lot of things at once. Yep. So you know, I was in the musical. I was in you know right out with Father Chris Trussell. I was I was a townsperson in the Music Man. By the time I was right of middle school, seventh grade, sure, and then was in musicals and and acting. My whole you know my whole middle so school in and plays high school. and all that plays, mini singers, uh, band, orchestra, uh, choir like the you know all the little like pop groups jazz band just anything that had to do with music I so very to comfortable be. on stage
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you try to be yeah
0: you try to be yeah but that's because i come i come from a family where my dad was an actor okay so he wasn't an actor professionally but he was in college and sure um just growing up i always had a fascination with like tv shows and yeah. you become a student of those things and you don't really know it at the time but it's like when you watch them. You're taking little pieces you know it'd be my dad showed me the marx brothers when he when i was a kid and you start to learn timing even if you don't know you're learning it you're learning oh that's how you tell a joke there's power in the times yeah you know yeah versus versus if you just power through something you know or if you just if it's like uh god what's a good groucho marx line he says yeah, this is my favorite I don't know, is this is this a is this a family. You can say it's whatever you want. You say can whatever say, say whatever you want. Well, it, it's not even that bad. This is the nineteen fifties. I love telling this story because he says I, I love when you can be cheeky without being without being dirty. So he's hosting uh this, this yep. is right in his biography. I love I love that he says he's he's interviewing a woman on a on his game show that he's hosting, right? Yeah yep. and he says and he's finding out about her like this, kinda like they do on Jeopardy, you know, where he's asking about their life or whatever, and he says yeah. he says, Well, tell me about yourself. And she says, She says, Well, I have thirteen children. And he says, Well, you know, why why do you have thirteen children? She says, Well, it's because I love my husband. He says, Well, I love my cigar, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while. Nineteen fifties <laughs> <laughs> TV? Yeah that's, yeah. that's, you know, dirty without yeah. being dirty. And that you hear or you read something like that and it's like Oh, that's that's wit. Yep. So it's March Brothers. It's not just slapstick comedy, even though, you know, I liked as as a kid a lot of boys would be attracted more to sort of Three Stooges or Yeah. You know, you have that kind of stuff, but you go way back to those and it's it's just it's genius. But then at the same time, that's you know, when I'm growing up it's Billy Madison. Yeah. It's Adam Sandler, Leslie it's Leslie Neil's live. Leslie Nielsen, yes, yeah. absolutely. Naked Gun. Yep. It's, laying, it's laying awake late enough at night with my orange monitor, computer monitor that my dad turned into a TV sure. that had nine channels on it because yep. it was connected to a VCR that yep. had channels two through 13 yep. and staying up late enough, when you're even when you're not supposed to, to stay up and watch a living color. Yeah. So it's watching Jim Carrey and Damon Wayne's and all that sketch comedy stuff where... And Johnny Carson, all these guys, so without knowing it, you're being entertained, but and not knowing that I'd ever do it myself. But, you know, just from you know listening
1: to it, you're watching this through the prism of observing, not consuming,
0: right? Yes.:
1: as 95 percent of the people would just be consuming, laughing, it sounds like you're kind of subconsciously or consciously grasping at what makes the pause, the
0: time... You're observing into how this functions, right? Yes. And I've done that with every... The weird part is that once, once I got a little older, when I first started in Deuces Wild, the guy that I took over for um, was probably his... Um, he had told me... Or he maybe just kind of solidified the fact that he said "Anytime you watch something, yep. become a student of it. Yep. Which sort of I just did naturally anyway. It'd be like, when I go, when I go watch a concert... If you go watch a concert with me, I'm not there to dance. Even if I go to a bar, even when I was in my 20s and i go to the bar, I'm not out there to dance. I'm there to sit and watch how do they play, how do they interact, how, does, how do they control an audience, what's the banter like, yeah. you know? What's the, is there chemistry on stage? Yeah. All of that, and I I'm just abs- to this day, I'm fascinated by it.
1: Yeah, it reminds me,
0: it reminds me of a story, and Devin's heard me say
1: this before, but my freshman year in college, you take in general classes, right, so I'm taking Sociology. Mm-hmm. And the craziest, nuttiest professor just out there, right? And I remember this, we would go, he would bring his boombox, this is 1994. Sweet. Boombox, and we'd sit in the quad, and he'd play four non-blondes, What's Going On? What's And up? we would all sit there, and he'd walk around with that, what's going on, and that was the, pr- we're supposed to observe and watch, and so I always think of that, and you, telling that sort of story reminds me of the approach of always just watching
0: what's going on, right? Absolutely, 25 years of my life is still. Yep. Trying to yep. get up that great big hill. Yep. Uh-huh. Cool, so off,
1: so through Cathedral, mm-hmm. sports music, off to Concordia, what was?
0: Yes, um, Concordia and Moorhead. Moorhead, and you said football? Yes, and so so my dad was the director of financial aid at Hamlin University. Okay st paul and so for us it was just i mean it was unspoken but spoken it was like he got a deal to where he would get i think they called it reciprocity with with other schools in the miac Yep. so you'd get a certain percent off your tuition with depending on what the school was so my choices were basically concordia st john's st thomas st olaf hamlin which is where my brother went yeah um McAllister, I, I think I could have gone to McAllister, and I don't I don't honestly Just the, remember the. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone, but some of them didn't have as good of a deal. It'd be like fifty percent tuition, sure. whereas I think at Concordia I got like ninety percent off tuition or yeah. some 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 real high percentage. Yep. And a couple things lined up because I thought I wanted to be a music major. Okay. So they had a good music program. They had a good football program. Yep. Because I knew I wanted to play college football. So you you're you were going to be a musician right from that was even well i wanted to do something with music gotcha i didn't know what you know i mean i played in i like i i played in high in bands in high school yep. not, not just band but like you know you start your rock band or whatever sure. when you're in high school um and but i didn't know i had no idea how you'd make a living doing that yep. i mean it's always kind of floating around in the back of your head as something you can do but you just have to get through those 4 years yeah you know and it was always it, the way that my dad would say it would be basically, you know, get your education, then your life is yours. Yeah. Once you once you got that, then you got your thing you can fall back on. Sure. Or whatever. And, um, I really picked it just because I mean the tuition thing, but then it was far enough away from home because I wanted to get out of St. Cloud. Sure. Um, just to go do something else, even though you know I have great respect for St. John's and everything, but it's just too close to home. It felt yeah. like I was gonna be. Yeah. It's not even really leaving, right? You know. Um. I didn't want to really go to St. Thomas. I wasn't going to go to Hamlin. So it was kind of down to either St. Olaf or Concordia. And Concordia just ended up being a better fit. So I played two years of college football up there. Um, Started off as a music major. But once I got into it, found out I didn't. I I appreciated the sort of solidification of some of the theory that I knew. And some of that stuff. But I was like, I could kind of see where it was going. And I didn't. Want to do that? I didn't want to learn how to be a choir director. I knew for sure I didn't want you to. You be... want to play Motley Crue? Yes. Yeah. Which is which is the story from all the way back to my first recital. Which is not what they're teaching you. No. Right. No. Yeah. And that's why I mean, even as a even as a fifth grade boy, when I'd go to the recitals, I would be, you know, you'd get the program, and it would be little girls, mostly little girls, because I was one of maybe two boys that took piano lessons, and it would be you know, Chopin, and it would be all the names of the pieces, and it would be Chopin, Mozart, you know, Beethoven, Then it would get down, it would say Nicky Six. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it'd be like, that's what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah. And I knew that would work, because the the first time I was in seventh grade, so my older brother, Nate, is four years older than me, and I'll never forget my first year in John the 23rd, so I'm in seventh grade, he's in 11th, and he was in choir, even though he can't—he has no rhythm and can't sing a note. But I had just gotten, I had went to a cathedral basketball game that my brother was playing in. Yep. And he was playing another, another guy that he had graduated with. His sister had had the sheet music for Home Sweet Home. And she brought it to that basketball game. And I'll never forget sitting there with that sheet music. I can still picture it. It's a white, yeah. it's a white sheet music with Motley Crue on the front from their Theater of Pain, dressed in full... Sure. it's black and white and I just I'm just sitting there looking at it like because I'm like I can't I don't care about the game I can't wait to get home and play the and play this mm, 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 yeah mm, 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 you know play that and I'm just like I, I want to do this so I go home and I learn it and then probably maybe a week later after I've got it down a little bit my brother calls me in like in between classes right So I'm supposed to be going to my class and he's like Ted Ted come here because it was right by my locker the choir room he's like sit down and do what you did. And I sit down and I start playing it, and well, here comes three, four, five, 17-year-old girls gathering around, and as a, you know... You're like, this is for me. <laughs> like, mm, this isn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much, you know, whether you know it or not, it's like all these little... But that was your passion. Things. Yes. Yep. Still is. Yep. To this day, I'd rather do music. I don't hunt. I don't fish. Um, I'm not in a bowling league or a golf league. If I have the choice... I either want to talk about music, create music, produce something, um, run my business like that's, yeah. that's and you have to, yeah. if you're going to do any kind of artistic endeavor, I don't care what it is, you better, you better figure out what it is that, that you will do, that you would do anyways, and then just find a way to make a living doing that's it. That's exactly right. You know, um, cause the truth is that even through all this stuff, it's like, I still want to do music, yep. you know? Because if you chase the money, there's always going to be someone who's
1: doing it not for the money that's going to work harder because it's not work. Right. Right.
0: Yep. That's going to be young. Yep, every time. And that's why it's just, you, you got to, if you're lucky enough to find that, you know, people yep. always talk about the, you know, it's the great fallacy of retirement, really. Yep. Which is, it's like, well, how, I've been asked so many times, how long are you going to do this? I'm like, I'll do this till I till my fingers fall off. I'll do it till somebody doesn't want to hear me. I'll do it until <laughs> if if two people want to sit around and listen yeah. to me, be a smartass and sing songs, I'm in. Yeah, count me in for whatever that is, you know. Uh, so I don't know, you know, it's that retirement becomes just like a like a choice, right? You know,
1: right. So, how did you get involved into Deuces Wilder? Walk me through that kind of process or um, transition.
0: So, while I was at Concordia, there was two times... One time I had seen Deuces Wild, even though I didn't know what it was. We were just going out to the bar, and they were playing at a place called Playmakers up in Fargo, which is now... Then it was The Hub, then it was... I think it's the Avalon Events Center now. So they didn't even do stuff. But it was a big public like live music venue. And they could put a ton of people in there. And they'd put I remember being in there and it was like a thousand people, maybe, yeah. In front of you. Yeah. And just stand in the back. And I just caught the last part of the show. I remember it being rowdy. Yeah. Very R-rated. But fun. Like an energy. And I was like, how are these guys making this? Noise, like how do they play like this? How do they play to this audience? Yep. That was probably my junior year. So you're talking 2000, and 2000, 2001, something like that. Okay. Fast forward to my senior year. And in the, in the spring of my senior year, I was working a college job booking airline tickets for a now defunct airline called National Airlines, where I'd sat on a phone. Yep. And by then, so I was a in college i was a spanish major i went and studied in mexico city for six months when i was in college and so when i came back from that um i'd worked at finger hut on the in the in the bilingual collections place and then i had scored a job with them and you get paid a premium because if somebody calls in and needs somebody to speak spanish sure i can i can change their airline ticket in spanish right and i remember sitting there and it was right next to a bar called borrowed bucks roadhouse and I don't, I don't even, I don't truly remember. I know that, like, I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no job lined up. I mean, we're talking March, April yeah, of maybe even May of my senior year. And I'm going to have two majors and a minor, but no pro I mean, maybe I'm going to move to the cities. Maybe I'm yeah. going to move back home. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Or I'm going to go be a musician. I'm going to go join a band somewhere and yeah. just figure it out. And they were, um, Deuces Wild had, at that point, had been, I mean, I know the story now, but at the time I didn't know. They had moved over to this other bar, which was a smaller bar, but they had moved over there because the guy went and saw them at Playmakers, and he's like, if you are willing to leave Playmakers, I I will hire you four times a year in all of my clubs. So Fargo, Bismarck, Grand Forks, Sioux Falls, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You you trade your one big gig in Fargo for a guaranteed 20 gigs, you know, every year or whatever it was, which is kind of a no-brainer. So they're right next door. This is probably, I don't know, maybe 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm in the middle of my shift, sitting next to my manager, who is a wonderful woman, um, God rest her soul, and I don't know what, maybe I saw it on the marquee or something, it just said... Dueling Pianos or Deuces Wild Dueling Pianos. And I didn't really know anything about them. Yeah. Um, and it's strange because it's one of those moments where I don't... It, it sounds so... It sounds so like... Like you either made it up. Right. Or something. But there was some kind of a draw. Where it was just like... Well, it said... Something told me that I had to go over there. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you call it... You could call it Divine Intervention. You could call it God. You could call it Instinct. Um... And I, I'll never forget I, I remember turning to my turning to my boss and I said, I'll be right back. She said, Where are you going? And I said, I'll tell you when I get back. <laughs> yeah. Um and I got up and I walked out because it was right next door. Yeah. So I walked over, I go into the club, and nobody's in there. I mean, this is you know, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. The bar's empty, this there's maybe two staff. Yep. Yeah. I walk in the stage is set up there's two there's two pianos up there and Mark the guy who I'd taken over who I eventually would take over for was gone and just Dave who's now my business partner one of my best friends in the world um, is on is just finishing up sound check in an empty place and I just walked in and was like hey um, you know my name's Ted I'm just curious how do you how do you do like how do you do what you do you know how do you get into doing something like this? Yep. And he just looked at me and was like, where can a guy get a haircut around here? <laughs> <laughs> which now knowing him is like, that's so Dave. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, which I love about him. He didn't care at all. And- uh, Well, you were just some guy who walked in- Which now having done it for 20 years, yeah. I'd, blo- yeah. I'd have blown me off too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just said, but I was kind of persistent and I, so I, I just kept talking to him. And I, sure. I told him, so first I told him where to go get a haircut. <laughs> And then I'm like, and at the time, I was playing piano bar at the Radisson in Fargo, North Dakota. Okay. So every Friday and Saturday night, I would go sit at the little grand piano with a, with a microphone going through a guitar amp and just playing for tips, playing for 40 bucks plus tips. Sure. And so something in me kind of had a little inkling that maybe I could do something like they do, yep. but I didn't really know. And through that conversation, I found out... Dave said I found out that the guy that he was working with was retiring. Well retiring or moving on, you know. How was, long have they been doing that at four, that point? Four years. Okay. So they're established. Yes. Yeah. They were I mean they were pretty well established, yeah. yeah. They had come out of the Mall of America where they had met and, oh. and had taken the act on the road. Sure. And so and built up a pretty solid reputation. So does he say, Let me see what you got, kid, get on the piano, or how does that he I he said we're looking for, somehow, and I, I wish I remembered exactly how it went, but he said, basically it came out that he was, they were looking for his replacement, right? Yeah. And I said, well, are you auditioning people? I said, I'll audition for you right here, right now. Yep. Right? Even though I didn't know. So I, I'll never forget sitting on the, on the piano, sitting down at Mark's piano, and he had like a song list, kind of taped to the piano of songs that he could do. And I remember looking down at, and I knew some of them. But not a lot of them Yeah. and I was like well and so I had I had the idea that I wanted to go back and play The House is Rockin' by Stevie Ray Vaughan because it was like a piano solo I had figured out and yeah. I thought that would be cool and so I got up and I, I played a couple of songs in an empty bar with, with Dave and he's like he's like well you know you're, you're okay why don't you come back tonight and we'll put you in front of an audience and see how you do sure okay because uh, a lot of people can play music right yeah, there's the, tons the, of people that know some songs. The, the stage presence is what he's trying to figure out. Maybe, or he just, you know, I've had now that I, again, now that I've done it for twenty years, I've had plenty of people on stage, even some very talented people that have gotten up and sang with us or yeah. done a song or played a song or two. Um, but I went. I remember I I went back and I was I was so nervous. I was almost like shaking right so did you go back and tell your boss where you were yeah so i went i went i went back and i sat down and i i I couldn't focus on what i was doing because you are amped up for i was like i have to go back i have to go back tonight and see what they're gonna do yeah i mean i'm freaking out this is gonna gonna be a club full of people a lot of people my age that i know that are going to the show and i have to go back and at some point be ready to get up yeah you know and the beautiful part, she was such a wonderful woman. She was she was an older woman. She's probably my mom's age, come to think of it. And she was like, she was excited for me. She's like, you know what? Just get out of here. Like, go go home. Yeah. Go home and go get ready. Yep. Then I think she even went that night, maybe. Um, which was super cool. Uh so I rounded up a couple buddies, went, went to the show. And I'll never forget sitting there watching, just because I I would sit there and just be like a it's like, it's like a puppy. He's just sitting there, <laughs> just, wait, just waiting for his treat, you yeah, know? Yeah, just like, yeah. come on. Because at the time... So did he tell th- you anything like,
1: like, hey, I'm going to call you up, or hey, this is your point? You do nothing, <laughs> just, hey, be here.
0: Here's the beauty of it. So, they do the whole first... At the time, when we were playing in the bars, you do four hours, Okay. Yep. So they do the first two hours. Sit through the show, right? First two hours. And yep. everybody's just... I mean, at the time, this you play from at the time it was probably 9 to 1 Okay. so show starts at 9 by 11 o'clock people are getting pretty tuned up Yeah. and I'm just sitting back to you know just butterflies and I'll never forget they, they, they're like hey we're going to take a break because we'd take requests and they'd take requests for money and okay. stuff and I'm sitting there I'll never forget walking up to Dave I walk up to him and I go I go I go, hey man um, you know uh, any idea when you're going to get me up and he looks at me he just goes who are you <laughs> and I'm like you know and I'm like I'm the, the guy, guy from like two hours ago yeah. which again now knowing him is hilarious because he's especially at the time he, knew, he was just he like knew. no I don't think he knew no, I don't I knew. think he cared <laughs> which is the beauty of it which is why I love him that's, yeah. that's what makes him good yeah. is that he and then he's like oh yeah 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 okay Um sure you know we'll get you up in the second half so now I'm just like oh god you know I, I can't wait to get up and um then, fast forward. People they're putting people are putting up requests, and for again divine intervention for whatever reason. I mean, my plan was get up and play Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody puts up a request, and it wasn't somebody from my table. puts up a request for Ben Folds Five, which is my favorite piano player of all time. Really love him. I mean. You know, especially at the time. God to me. So, I mean, it's just all falling into place. And he holds up the request. And he's like, hey, we got 20 bucks to play some Ben Folds 5. And, and Mark goes, well, I don't know any. And Dave goes, I don't know any either. <laughs> I do. You know? Yep. Me, me, me. Yep. So I'm like, I like, you know, slow-mo, chariots of fire, yep. run up to the edge of the stage, like just a... Uh, a wanting little puppy and big guy you know I can do Ben Folds 5 and so then he's like so you know Mark leans over what's, what's your name you know oh yeah Ted alright hey give it up for Ted he's gonna get up and he's gonna do some Ben Folds 5 yeah. now a couple things would be number one we're in my hometown well not hometown but college sure. town so I know some people in the audience some of my buddies that I played football oh, yeah. with are at some tables yeah. and stuff and they and they had known cause during during football I had gotten up and done like some talent shows and sure, stuff. Sure, so they <laughs> know that you're capable. They know that I can play. Yeah, and I got up, and I'll never forget. I did. I did "Song for the Dumped," which is a. You can look that one up, kids. That's a. It's got <laughs> it's got some naughty words in it, but <laughs> it's it's a it's a banger, man. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great song. So I get up, and give me my money back. <laughs> you know. So everyone just start going crazy. Well, sort of, because it's not not everybody knows what it is. Yeah. Plus, plus we're three hours and fifteen minutes into a show where yeah. people are,
1: you yeah,
0: know, they have a show to do. Yeah. So I get up and I do well, and Dave plays with me, um, kind of just plays along with what I'm doing, and it was good. I if I I would hate to go back and watch the tape of me actually doing yeah. it because it might not be, <laughs> it might not be that great. It wasn't like oh I got up and had some triumphant. Moment but in my mind I was like this is amazing. Yeah, so I get up. I do it people cheer and stuff uh, Afterwards I go and I'm like hey you guys I'll, I'm gonna sit and I'll help you take down all the equipment yeah. I'll just I'll just be here. I'll just yeah. hang out, ask I'll questions, do whatever you need whatever you yep. gear. I'll do whatever yep. And I remember Dave so mark First, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, what you know, what do I got to do to get this cake? I'll do anything and and dave Dave just goes you're not you're not right for this gig or you're not ready for this gig yeah so uh, mark says well he's right you're probably not ready but you do have what it takes so he saw something that said and which is now again in hindsight is completely true because at the time i was totally green and once you do the show long enough you start to realize it's not just about how well you sing songs and how well you can hit the pitches and play the notes perfectly. It's not that at all. N- not for that gig, you know. It's how well can you entertain this audience? Yeah, it's engaging the audience. Absolutely. Right. Yep. And so, um, what I did is I said, "Well, I'll quit my job and follow you around until you hire me." And I quite literally did. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it was, you know. I had nothing to lose. Yeah. I had nothing lined up. I didn't know what I was gonna do. Yeah. So for the next three months, I found out their schedule and followed them around to every gig they did. And again, became a student of the show. Yeah. So I sat and would watch, how do they interact? What are the So, bits? Did they, over time, as show after show went on, did they
1: start to formulate more of a relationship where you'd get to know each other, They get to learn a little bit more about your your capabilities and build a little trust or how long did that take before it was kind of like hey, well you're the you're the guy for the job
0: i think so much of it is just persistence because there was guys that came out i mean they had taken out an ad in the city pages so, so there's still there's very established musicians i was it wasn't like hey from the second you're our guy yeah i will never forget going down to sioux falls south dakota and having a guy come out and frankly he was probably a better piano player probably even a better singer yeah um but he came out once i came out every single time and so it's like i got to get up and do my little five to ten minutes during the show yeah because that's kind of how they transitioned would be it'd be they would start the show get the crowd warmed up they'd be like hey here's ted he's gonna come up i would get up and i had kind of a few little bits i had my i had my you know i'd get up and do like the fresh prince of bel air yeah, yeah, during we had a whole yeah. bit of tv yeah. show stuff so i'd get up i think i learned cheers i learned fresh prince i learned maybe one or two other songs and then that was it i'd have my little 10 minute window to get yeah. up and you know yeah. but at the same time learn but just keep watching what do you do what do you yeah. do what do you you just do? wanted it more than anybody else right the way Dave tells it, he likes to say, you know, guys would come out and they'd be like, well, you know, this seems like a fun gig, but, you know, my, my kid's got soccer practice yeah. Yeah. or something. It's like, yeah. if you're going to do this for a living, this isn't a hobby. right? right? It's, it, it can't be. This needs to be your life. So it's like, in some ways, I had trained every, all that other stuff that I told you about, watching TV shows and listening to music and talking about music yeah. and hanging around other musicians. That's all, whether you know it or not, it's all training, you know? And they had to have recognized your commitment early on, I would imagine, based on... I like to think so. Well, I'm still here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, by the time time they did make their decision, I think it was around August. So it was three or four months of following him around before they finally said, okay, you will officially be the guy that takes over. But we're going to put you on a, on a six-month probation. Sure. They said if, because if, we are pretty much exclusively a bar act at the time. Yeah. They said, I mean, Dave said, if I don't like you, you're fired. Yeah. If audiences don't like you, you're fired. If yeah. club owners don't like you, you're fired. Um, because there's just no, but the beauty is that there's no safety net. It's like with, it's what I love about it. Yeah. This is what literally gave you butterflies from the moment yes. you because you don't get to be like, oh, well, there's always next time. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you get up, and what I love about comedy especially is that people either laugh or they don't. There's no participation trophy in comedy of like, well, hey, good effort, you know? I smiled that one time. Yep.
1: Well, to your point earlier, you said there's a better piano player, better... It's just as much improv comedy, right? That's yep. what the show is and music and singing and piano
0: and instruments is just part of the improv yes well right. and, and over time what you what i've sort of come to learn with a little bit of age and wisdom has been it's also chemistry and reps yeah just repetition so what gives me what what's what really separates us is the fact that we have worked together for 18 years exclusively yeah you can't there's no substitute I mean, I've had so many comments about people that have come up and are like, you two work really well together. It's like, well, God, I hope so. Yeah. We've spent 18 years dedicating our entire professional lives to trying to be the best at what we do yeah. in our own way, in our own version of it. And it's like, that's fine. It, it's, I've heard stand-up comedians say that it, they say it's your, you find your voice. I think in the movie Ray, you know, Ray yep. Charles said that. You, yep. you basically start off imitating someone else. Yep. which is the same thing he did but then he found his voice well Dave and I have sort of found our niche but it took us it took us almost ten years yeah. of being on the road together yep. you know over a thousand shows to really start to get comfortable and, and in my humble opinion in the last five years is when we've actually gotten good yeah you because know? you've
1: found your voice and now you can just continue to grow and I'm sure you're still trial and error you're trying new things Always. this doesn't work This you're still you're growing
0: but you still got the base you learn to play within the framework yep. of what it is it's like it's still two guys it's still clap along sing along yep. you know fun interactive show but it's it's learning how like the moments where you can make each other laugh or where there's spontaneity of things that you can't prepare for yep in the moment where that's what that's what's fun to come see us even if you've seen us a bunch of times it's like you'll there's going to be something or somebody or some way that the show takes a little turn where a lesser experienced musician or entertainer would either let it go by or not know what to do but if you take it and run with it it becomes a personalized show for that crowd that right that becomes yes. memorable well yes absolutely and so even though i've never taken an improv class I think where we turned the corner was when you gain enough trust and respect in each other's work to where we both know each other's strengths and weaknesses. I think we complement each other really well. But then we'll also be supportive if we're going to go down a road to explore either a, a comedic... It, it may it may hit a, hit a brick wall. Yep. But the beauty is that you can learn how to, even if you hit that brick wall start your car back and get back on the road <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and take and take a turn and then where it used to be we kind of had an agenda of like i'm in the middle of this bit and like if i if it stops or if it's sacred well then i may have a little like anxiety towards you to be like well why would you stop my yeah. bit whereas now nothing's precious yeah. no song is too precious no nothing where and when you when you can understand that if you support your partner yeah. You know each other's true intent now. It's not, you know... Well, you've done it long enough where there's nothing that's so precious that it's like, well, this is my joke. Gotcha. Even if I said it at the first one that I said, if he uses it in some other context, you just let it go. Yeah. And vice versa, because we've both done plenty of things, and that's where where material comes from. Or where you start to explore, you know, we have the same sense of timing and comedy and... Which it gets back to the chemistry and not,
1: not to cut you off there but you go to my wife's favorite thing is the piano bars she loves them but when you go to vegas or whatever and you get two guys one guy rotates in another guy rotate there's none of that it's right and that's where you guys stand apart is it's a joint show yes intertwined
0: chemistry is the best way to phrase it right it's just it's a different it's like a different language or a different style yeah so it's a pretty i mean i like going to piano bars but I, you know, I could talk all day about why I think they're incentivized from the top down to not really create a show because they make their money from tips. Yeah. So one of the things, and it's counterintuitive, when we decided to stop being a bar act and beg for tips, yeah. then you can focus on the product. Yeah. And when you focus on the product, now so was- it's... The weird part is the short term,
1: right? It's well, that's yeah, it really is. So you're you're taking the leap of faith. We're gonna sacrifice some short term monetary, Mm -hmm. and the leap of faith that our product's gonna be better, that we're gonna attract more people, that will pay off in the long term. Eventually, yeah, right. And it ain't easy. I mean, it's not. an that's not easy one. That's any business in a nutshell, right? I yeah. Um, short term sales versus long term.
0: Clientele. Well, and and it's relationships. Yep. It's like any every business is relationships. Yep. So it becomes a long, slow grind of if you if you can. Our our absolute motto every night is that every night's an audition, and you're only as good as your last show. Yep. It doesn't. The biggest contract I'll never forget uh, about a year. It'll be almost two years ago now. We went from a Friday night in Las Vegas. Playing the biggest corporate show we ever did in front. We were in the main ballroom of the Mirage. Wow! In front of four thousand people, right? Where it was huge. I mean, huge production. They had pyrotechnics, all this stuff. The next night, we played Powder Ridge. <laughs> yeah. For two hundred people. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. You know, both completely different. And those two hundred people, why would they care or know that the night before you were in front of four thousand? No. Makes no difference. No. They're you know? there to have a good time that night. And there's, it's still fun. Yeah. And in some ways, they both have their appeal. You know I mean? It, it's yeah. fun to play for a big crowd, but on the other hand, I love the intimacy of it. Yeah. Because there's things you can pull off that don't fly yeah. in that big crowd. So in your show, you engage the audience mm-hmm.
1: quite a bit, and you'll single people out and, you know, heckle. I don't know if that's sure. the right word, but...
0: You could say you could say heckle. Um, right. That's appropriate. I'm just wondering. There's got to be a time... We, to- we say include them in the show. <laughs> willing or unwillingly is is there
1: a time or two where it hasn't been well received by the person that you're including in the show oh yeah and how tell me a little bit about that or
0: how'd that go or how do you (sighs) dance or well you learn really quickly well it it, i'll put it this way it it happened it didn't happen a lot even back when we were a much more sort of r-rated show sure because every what you find out, and I, I made this mistake very early on, and you only make it once. I was out in Chicago, and I had, I had said something. There was a bit that we did um, where, I had, where you intentionally call somebody out, and it's kind of planned. But the way that I addressed him was very... It's, it's strange, but it, almost in a mean spirit. Like, hey, why aren't you doing this? You know? Which you can get an audience to turn on you pretty quick. Yeah. And, and especially in a place like Chicago, that guy got pissed and was like, I'll see you after the show, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh crap. Yeah. And so you always you learn very quickly that it is long you can you can get away with a lot. Um but if you're if you're if your intention is to either mock or really make fun of somebody for Something obvious, or to go to a place that's that's really derogatory. Yeah, that's not funny. Yeah. Like dirty for the sake of being dirty is never funny to me. Right. I mean, my favorite, some of my favorite comedians of all time are some of the dirtiest comedians. Yeah. I mean, I love David Tell and Daniel Tosh and uh, whoever Anthony Jeselnik and and uh, um, what's his face Bill Burr, Joe Rogan. I mean, all those guys are brilliant comedians. Theo Vaughn, that have some of the most out there. But things. you you don't want to cross that line with someone because it's, well it's 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 Bob Saget. I don't know if you know you know yeah, who yeah. that is. Yeah, full house. He's funny, but then he came out with a special, and it was horrible. I mean, just like like dirty for the sake of being dirty. <laughs> it didn't. It's, it's not funny. And I haven't
1: seen it, but my guess is it wasn't authentic to who you thought
0: right it well and it wouldn't even be because of the persona it just it wasn't clever yeah it wasn't it wasn't well crafted it was somebody it's like hey here's the shock and awe yeah so shock and awe to me is is kind of the cheapest route to go yeah now if you can find a funny way to do it now you're now you're talking you know so like one time we were up in grand forks and we had had a guy get up and we had kind of dug into him too much and he he had threatened us and said, "Hey, you better watch yourself the next time you're in town." To the point where we had to get the cops involved and say. Wow. And it turned out he was military and yeah. was on the air force you base. Never up there. You never know who you're singling out. Right? You never know. Well, he was on our stage, and we had—I don't remember what we had said—but we had sang some song to him, and we would had him on the on the toilet seat in <laughs> between the, in <laughs> yeah, between the yeah, pianos yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. And so you start to go. Why I mean, why are you doing this? There's no, there's no satisfaction in in, in any kind of power trip. So now, especially now, it's like, well, those days are behind. And now, when I tease somebody or something, it's like, you gotta do it with a smile. Like if you, like like you're ribbing your buddy, you know. And that's gonna get the best audience reaction, is if there, if if the person you're kind of ribbing is feels part of it too right or plays along or and to be a little philosophical about it's like once you build a brand and you have a show that people know and that's what they're coming for yeah Yeah. and i mean there's been once or twice where somebody maybe can't take a joke and something but it's like that's really 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 rare yeah most people are very good sports i found way more normal happy wonderful people that actually can take a joke yeah you know the other thing is that we're very self-deprecating, so we'll make fun of each other. Right? And then once you start to see, it's not like we just pick on a certain person, we'll pick on anybody, including ourselves, all the time, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So,
1: fast forward 2020, mm-hmm. um, like a lot of people, your world switches on a dime, right? Yep. What is that first, or how, I'm assuming you have gigs booked, that just no longer. Yes. And then what is what's the thought process or okay, how are we going to adapt? Cuz you guys I've seen you had live streaming shows. Mm-hmm. You've been online tremendously in the last 30 60 days, right? Yep. As far as being visible getting out there, but walk me through a little bit of your mindset on our world's shifted. Here's how do we adapt and what do we do?
0: Um well on on the one hand i you know i mean i wish i had a crystal ball and i could say i knew but nobody knows right in some ways so well our last gig that we played was a theater gig out in at the meyer theater out in green bay on march 6th and then we had a planned vacation so in some ways it was good timing in other ways it was like well so we we played on March sixth. It was yep. kind of really the beginning of COVID. Yep. Took our three weeks, we came back, and then things got real shelter in place. Yeah, I mean the yeah. whole the whole drill. So I had to rebook everything from April, everything from May, push some stuff into June, but then even all that got cancelled. Pretty much our whole our whole summer is wiped out. Right. I mean, we're booked all the way through you know, March, April of next year. Yeah. So at this point the hope is that there's still going to be a fall um, but in my mind I think a couple things happen like, like we talked about you know what would you do even if you had to do it for free right. um, from a business standpoint I would say you do a couple online things that's one thing um, one of the other pieces is that you know we, we run our business pretty conservatively so we were prepared for yeah. being able to you know, weather the storm. Yeah. The other nice part is that we're very adaptable and we fit a lot of different situations, which is a big reason why we have a career to begin with. Yeah. You know, I have a very varied career when it comes to the types of events that I play. It's not like I only play yeah. live shows, I play corporate, I play fundraisers, I play country clubs. I'll play, we like to, you know, I'll, I'll play in your driveway if you can afford me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so the plan is. Um, We're going to do our first live show. So we've done two online shows as Deuces Wild. Okay. Um, Next week, actually, at Le Musique down in St. Michael. Um, They have been the 1st to two, they've been the first uh, venue that's adapted. Okay. And said, because they're a small business too. Yeah. And they said, and I think that's where you're going to see the first changes. Is going to be the people that survive on this stuff. You know, and so they adapted. They're, they're in they're located inside of a theater. Yeah. It's a 200 seat theater inside a bigger complex like Parkwood or yeah yeah yeah. Um, and they you know they're at I think it's 25 percent right capacity something sure, like that. Sure. I think they can only have like 50 people. Yeah, okay. that, that's about right because they seat about 200 um, at that specific venue. But they said, well, we'll we'll adjust. We're going to do an outdoor concert. Because now you can have two hundred and fifty. Well, so technically it's bigger than the venue is inside. Yeah. So we're gonna roll the dice and see if people are willing to come out and socially distance and yeah, for whatever that means. And when you're outdoors. Yeah, I think
1: I think you're gonna have turnout. I mean, um, I think people are ready to get back to their life. Heck, I was at the Wright County Swappers this Saturday, and I was like. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. There was hundreds and hundreds of people, you know. Yeah. And I think you're getting,
0: people just want I, to get back to. Well, so I've done, I've done um, a couple things. You know, I played, I played a solo gig out at Great River, and that went really well. People are definitely ready to come yeah. up. And so my, my hope is that, you know, the pent up sort of energy for some live entertainment will still be there. I think that, so. That's where my hope lies. I hope think wise. so. But
1: to your credit, you've stayed relevant, right, by being
0: visible online and um, still... In my, in my view, it's perspective. So for me, it's been I'm either going to sit back and just let things happen, or yep. I'm going to take the opportunity based on some relationships that I've built yep. with, you know, like with I did a, I did a live stream with Paul Diethelm. Stretch from the Armadillos, who's been yep. one of my best friends forever, and I co produced Rock and Roll Christmas Spectacular with him. Him and I did a show. Um, I've gotten to be really good friends with a guy named Michael Shines, yep. who's a local musician and a fabulous talent. Him and I um, did a live stream together. And so you're always, you're always, you adapt. Yep. You adapt and you move. And then even moving into the fall, we'll, our plan is to go on the road and either do some version of what we do, or you do... I mean, ideally it would be things are kind of more back to normal. Yeah. Whatever that is. But you're willing to do whatever the world's going to let you do. Yeah, or you're going to play... If if larger venues are at reduced capacity, maybe you do multiple shows, maybe you do um, the reduced capacity with a streaming option. Yeah. If the weather's nice enough, maybe you can move things outdoors. You just... Yep. You got to adjust. Yep. And the confidence comes in the fact that we're, we're that's been our whole career. Yeah. Has been adjusting yep. to whatever the, you know, moving out of the bars into a more corporate and theater world was an adjustment. Yep. And we adjusted right around 08, 09. Yep. So when the bar scene kind of died because the economy took a tank, yep. you know how to,
1: just accepting the fact that you're going to have to always be adjusting is, part of the change
0: well what do you so, do yeah. I mean you either you, it's really just an attitude of you either sink or swim right and I'll just I'm gonna keep swimming because yep. I have to yep because there isn't that safety net of you know hey good job it's yep. like okay well if I gotta go do it then I'll just find a way to go do it yep. it may not be at the same level or we'll have to adjust but yep. make it happen man well, cool. I really
1: appreciate you taking the time. I know you're, you're a busy welcome. guy, and this has been fun. I've really enjoyed it. Um, how do people, if they're not familiar with Deuces mm-hmm. Wild, how do they find out more or
0: get in touch with you? Uh, go to our website, wildpianos.com. So you can go there, wildpianos.com, and it'll have our, we'll have our schedule and and what we're doing. Um, you know, other than the one live gig for the summer so far, okay. we'll we'll just. Yep. If you haven't seen them and you
1: get the opportunity, by all means, check them out. It's, uh, it's a great experience. So, Ted, do. thanks again.
0: Appreciate You're it. welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to us. If you really liked hearing the link, please subscribe below, and I look forward to you joining us next time.